0: All
1: right, so today... going to be talking about an op-ed that Milton Friedman wrote and was published in the New York Times in 1970, and the title is The Responsibility, or sorry, Friedman Doctrine, The Social Responsibility of Business is to Increase its Profits. And I think that uh, this article is important because it clarifies a lot of ideas about some pretty controversial but popular topics, and has a lot of interesting insights that will be good to suss out. And then finally, our goal is to judge his argument. So what exactly is his argument? Uh, so this, the title sort of gives a good synopsis, which is that um, businesses don't have a social responsibility to the greater good or anything else beyond is shareholders. Uh, a responsibility to in uh, particular to satisfy the shareholders' goals and objectives. And he brings this up particularly in, in regards to uh, corporate executives who are employed by the shareholders in order to run the business and whatever other particular aspects of how the business works. So why does he bring this up? Well, uh, there is an argument that business executives in addition to other people that are involved in businesses do have a social responsibility beyond just maximizing their shareholder profit. So he's arguing that that argument is false. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Well, and and he
0: basic argument is that (coughs) corporate charity, uh, is socialism because insofar as like executives of corporations take you know a- action uh to further their ethical ends they're doing they're using the money that they have control over in a way where the original uh or the owners of the money would not uh use the money. Right because that's the only way where they're taking a real action, and he mm-hmm. says that's the same as socialism.
1: yeah, I think so the way I would phrase it, and let's see if we're on the same page here, is that the executives are employed by the shareholders in order to do a particular job. and when the share or when the executives decide to do something else, With the responsibility they're given, in order to violate their job and to satisfy some social good, that is socialism. When they are uh, incentivized and uh, forced in some way to, or you know, they decide to do that for some reason, that's socialism. Because now the uh, shareholders who own the responsibility of the business are not able to decide how to allocate their resources. Instead, it's like the society at large who decides these social values.
0: Well, not society at large that decides, right? It's the individual executives who are allocating the money uh, or decide what social values they want to uh, further, and that's socialism.
1: Oh, okay, I see what you're saying um yeah i i guess so i so that's the i think that's part of his argument about why it's a bad setup but i think the socialism part is that the executives are essentially acting as a government where they're taxing the consumers and the shareholders in order to impose some sort of uh social good uh, as they've decided on everyone yeah
0: so it's, I mean, it's basically the lack of a free market. It's using people's money in a way where they themselves would not have used it. Uh, that's what he thinks of socialism.
1: So yes. he thinks of the,
0: uh, the corporations as like, quasi-governmental entities.
1: Right, yeah. So you can imagine this sort of setup as... Uh, a governmental relation inside the business, so it's not the the global government because obviously business executives are not public officials, but they're acting like public officials within the business.
0: Yeah, because yeah, they have control over people's money, and um, yeah, if they choose to spend it in a non-fiduciary way, fiduciarily responsible way, then they're acting like a government.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a few things to clarify here, which is that Friedman is not arguing the governments do not have this responsibility. <laughs> what he's trying to say is that it is the role of governments to take on this responsibility, and it is not the role of business executives in particular to take on this responsibility. And when business ex- executives do that, they're violating their role and their responsibilities.
0: Yeah, with, with the exception of uh, you know, charitable organizations, which she mentions,
1: um, which she says well,
0: their responsibility is to uphold. You know what their
1: uh,
0: what their organization is devoted to doing.
1: Um. Well, okay. I think this comes to another part, which is that what the goals of the shareholders and when he's saying shareholders here, just in terms of like normal terminology, he's talking about people that own parts of the company. So they're the ones that are, uh, they're the ones that the people that are hired to run the company have a responsibility to uh, by how ownership works. So these shareholders can decide what the goals are of their company. And if they want to be a charitable organization, then they can do that. But I think the, the same principle applies because the executive in the in a charitable organization it's not the executive's decision to be a charitable organization the shareholders decided that and then the executive is hired in order to carry that out yeah so i don't think it's different for charitable organizations oh well
0: uh it's the same in that uh yeah the executive is responsible to the interests of the shareholders yeah but it's different in that in regular businesses the goal is to profit and in uh, a charitable organization the goal is to like be charitable
1: oh, oh okay i see what you're meaning
0: or, yeah so, so if in a if a you know profit oriented business um is used to be charitable then uh that's improper. Unlike in, unlike in charitable businesses, being charitable, according right. to Friedman, yeah.
1: Okay, I I agree with that. But to, I think that his argument is a bit more general than just monetary profit, because I think what he, what he would say is that the charitable business is profiting, but the profit to shareholders is not in terms of money; it's in terms of charitable value they're providing, because that's that's what the the shareholders are treating as valuable.
0: He, I don't think he says that. Um,
1: yeah, there's a section he talks about this specifically. Do you want to check that?
0: There, he, there, he uses a really weird word for like, charitable. I uh, <laughs> get what it is.
1: I can find it really quick. Um...
0: Do you see it? Elo, my
1: scenery purpose. <laughs> this is oh, right, right. Yes. How do you spell that?
0: Uh, E-E-L- E-L-E-E-M-O-S-Y-N-A-R-Y.
1: Right, okay. So I can just read this section really quick. Um,
0: well, I no. think more importantly, the manager of such a corporation will not have money profit as his objective, but the rendering of certain services.
1: Right, yeah. But he but doesn't I think that- call the
0: certain services profit. They, they are, you know... Uh, Charitable services, not profit-oriented services.
1: Okay, yeah, I think my understanding of it though is that his argument works the same. It's just that in that case, uh, instead of profit, it's these charitable services.
0: Um, is what the executives are responsible for uh, uh, carrying out. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, because it aligns with the interests of or the wishes of the shareholders for the company. Yeah.
1: So you could just generalize this argument to say uh, it's to maximize shareholder value. Where, in this case, shareholder value is these services, and in a profit-driven company, it's profits. No, uh, I, no that, that's not what shareholder value means, though,
0: in, in the context. In, in a charity, shareholder value uh, is not the goal and, yeah, I, I see that you're trying to say that, you know, being charitable adds value to the shareholders, but I, I think that's going, that's kind of <laughs> twisting the word too much. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, I see you're fair. I, I guess I would have to come up with something more. It's just, like, maximizing the shareholder objectives.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Okay. That he, yeah, he agrees with that,
1: and I think that maybe a way to demonstrate his point is that uh, using this dichotomy is that um, it it's just as wrong for a charity to maximize profits as it is for a profit-driven business to maximize charity. Yeah.
0: So, what do you think about the argument overall?
1: Yeah. So. I think uh, I I am very sympathetic. I think that the main thing that convinces me is that the or I mean, it's almost definitional that his argument goes through that uh, the, the executives have a responsibility to the shareholders because that's who their employers are. But the real sort of thing that he has to address is that. Obviously, executives don't just have a responsibility to the shareholders. They have responsibility to many other people, including what they consider to be moral goods. And it's easy to come up with examples of situations when maximizing shareholder value is going to be counter to like more important values that executives have. Like you don't want your business to be doing unethical things and then you just go along with it. But I think that what is the force of his argument is that the way to address these concerns is never to start just acting on your own (laughs) as an executive or to violate your responsibilities. There's always uh, better ways, and there's always going to be a way to, uh, for example, go through with your priorities in a democratic means, uh, which is your aspirations in the first place that you're trying to uh, go to some sort of public good. So if you have to essentially steal money from people in the form of this like, un- unauthorized taxation on consumers and the business in order to go through with your social goods, that's only due to your failure not to convince people to contribute to these goods in the first place.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, that's good that you agree with them because... I disagreed strongly with the overall okay. argument, but the way you agree, you read with them, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But so the main, I think the main point of the article is it's the social responsibility of uh, business. So title is the social responsibility of businesses to increase its profits, not you know, exactly about executives. So there are two different questions, I would say. And this is something I found a little weird, because even though the title of the article is The Social Responsibility of Businesses to Increases Profits, he also says, there are no social values, no social responsibilities in any sense other than the shared values and responsibilities of individuals society is a collection of individuals and of the various groups they voluntarily form. So he's making the argument that groups of individuals don't really have a uh, responsibility independent of uh their individual responsibilities. And but, you know, I I think also he's also trying to make the argument that uh corporations do have a responsibility um to increase uh, the profits, um, to increase their profit. Mm. So I, I think that's a contradiction. And I, I disagree with the title of the article. Um, yeah, I probably. Actually, I'm not sure, but I think there's a contradiction. I, I think probably, I might say, he he has a point. Maybe corporations don't have uh, any social responsibility, but then they don't have the opposite or uh, profit responsibility either. They're just like mm. organizations set up by people, and the people have responsibilities. So I agree with Friedman on that. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I do see what you're saying. I think that uh, in reading it. I also had that question, especially from the beginning, when he starts it off saying, uh, (laughs) what does it mean to say that business has responsibilities? Only people can have responsibilities. Corporation is an artificial person, and in this sense may have artificial responsibilities, but business as a whole cannot be said to have responsibilities, even in this vague sense. And I think that um, he addresses this by clarifying how he's speaking of this. So he says, presumably the individuals who are to be responsible are businessmen, which means individual proprietors or corporate executives. Most of the discussion of social responsibility is directed at corporations, so in what follows, I shall mostly neglect the individual proprietor and speak of corporate executives. So I think that what he's trying to say is that when people talk about the responsibility of business, what they really are talking about is the responsibility of the businessman. And when he specifies even further, he's saying, well, uh what they seem to be talking about most uh commonly of those businessmen is the corporate executives, so that's who I'm talking about. but I agree that uh without a lot of clarification his uh his title and you know the statement of his thesis does seem to be a contradiction with how he conceptualizes responsibility, yeah, so I okay. think that just given that clarification. I can say that uh, he's talking about the individual responsibility of corporate executives. That's what he means.
0: Uh, I, well, uh, yeah, I feel like he said both things, and I think that's one of the things he means. But we do disagree on, you and I disagree on that, so we can talk about the executive part.
1: Uh huh. I thought that was, though, just to, to put a cap on this. I thought it was a useful uh, prelude in the beginning talking about that, because I think that a lot of people do talk in terms of like corporations as or like entities, <laughs> corporations have responsibilities to you know do acts or whatever. Yeah, but that doesn't really well, make sense.
0: It doesn't make sense, but half the argument is for the idea that corporations have responsibility, and then half the argument is
1: against the idea. I, you mean yeah. Friedman's argument? Yeah. No, no, no. I think what he's saying is that the common conception of what a corporate responsibility is doesn't make sense. So I'm specifying it in order to talk about something sensible.
0: But he says uh, corporations do have a responsibility to increase their own profits.
1: Yes. But he's he's uh, taken this vague idea of corporate responsibility And he's clarified it and concretized it down to something specific that he talks about in the essay, right?
0: I think that's a separate point that he makes about the executives within corporations.
1: Uh, I don't think it's a separate point. I think that is what he means by uh, corporate responsibility. Uh. Well, it's like, I a, mean, those are separate
0: things, though. This, he says the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. And he also says, you know, executives are uh, responsible to the shareholders, but th- those are two different entities. I mean, if you wanted to be consistent with other things he said in the article, he should have said something like, uh, there is no social responsibility for business.
1: And He basically does say that hmm okay well
0: i think you're taking one part of his argument about the executives and then saying that that's you know his main argument
1: yeah yeah that is that is what i'm doing
0: yeah i i I think he makes that argument i think he makes a different argument too
1: okay so how did you see his argument about corporate responsibility separate from the corporate executives
0: Um, I, I think, okay, maybe I should, better way to put it is he doesn't have an argument for that, but he states it. And, but I think if he didn't have an argument for the idea that, you know, corporations have social responsibility, then he would have recognized that that's a contradiction with other statements that he made.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah. I just totally understand this differently. I think of it like, um, it's like a philosophy paper where they take a common term like location, and then they give like a specific idea of location that is like, this is what I mean by location. That's kind of what I see him doing is like, there's this idea of corporate responsibility. What do people really mean by this? Because it doesn't like corporations are abstract entities. They don't have responsibility. So this is what I think, uh, is meant by corporate responsibility. And then he gives a specific idea of it but he
0: also says the idea of corporate responsibility doesn't make sense well he says that at the beginning different from explaining the meaning of it he says that uh i mean the quote i pulled is from pretty late in the article about uh, th- there are no social values no social responsibilities
1: let me see Okay, I think I see it. The political principle that underlies the or that underlies the market mechanism is unanimity. It is an ideal free market resting on private property. No individual can coerce any other. All corp- cooperation is voluntary. All parties to such cooperation benefit, or they do not participate. There are no social values, no social responsibilities in any sense. Other than the shared values and responsibilities of individuals, society is a collection of individuals and of those various groups they voluntarily form. Is that the, the part you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a contradiction because he's boiled down what he means by corporate responsibility to the responsibility of the businessmen that run the corporation. That's all he means by corporate responsibility. And he's uh, at the beginning, he was clarifying that and how it's different from talking about these abstract uh like entities and then at the end, he reifying that point by saying there there are no abstract social good or social responsibilities that we need to pay attention to. There's only the responsibility of individuals That all fits together for me because uh, hmm. it just like i mean can you if he doesn't give an argument? About corporate responsibility in the abstract, it just—I don't think he's really talking about the abstract corporate responsibility. He just dismisses that as like a misunderstanding of our responsibility, and then he gives a more specific idea.
0: Uh, but but then he—I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna you know keep going to the title, but he does talk about the social responsibility of business,
1: right? But I think that would. I, I, I agree you know, that he says that, and then yeah. he specifies what he means by that, to be the responsibility of the businessman. Okay, okay I mean, to me that's a separate a, statement. Okay, yeah, I, I don't think it's a separate statement. I think he's just clarifying what he means by that.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I just I disagree. I, I think a better title to represent his argument would have been like, Businesses have no social responsibility either way and businessmen have a social responsibility to their shareholders. But okay.
1: I, yeah, I, guess I I'm definitely
0: yeah it's definitely a quibble because I think we both agree on the main thrust of his argument which is yeah. about, it's not about the abstract entity of a business, it's about the executives right involved. Yeah, so I disagree with that part as well, because he keeps talking about how when executives act with ethical interests in mind, it's socialism because they're using people's money in a way where they wouldn't have intended that. But I think that's totally wrong, because individuals... Voluntarily put their money within organizations, and they and they're leaving it up to the organizations how to spend that money. And individuals are always free to take their money out of the organizations. So, if an executive decides to, for example, spend money on reducing their carbon output, then you know people have a say in. um whether to support that strategy by taking their money out or uh, putting more money in so th- there's nothing anti free market about qu- social responsibility of corporations or um, you know of executives acting um, for the social good
1: well okay, I think though uh This is definitely good because I think that there's a few things I want to clarify about his argument that relate to this. I think that he's fine with businesses uh, doing things that are considered socially responsible. He has no problem with that. The only thing he has a problem with is when the executives act against the will of the shareholders. So it's not just the fact that they do something socially responsible. It's that they do something socially like, you know, considered to be socially responsible in opposition to what they're hired to do.
0: I think I think you got his argument right there. And I disagree with his argument. Because I I think there's no such thing as an executive um not you know act, I think acting in an anti-free market way or in a way where He isn't representing the interests of the shareholders. Because the shareholders, when you put money into an organization, it's not earmarked for some particular purpose. And, you know, the checks don't have, like, this money is for increasing the profits of this business. Uh, Like, you know, companies are given money to spend in whatever way they wish, and the money is given voluntarily and can be taken out. At any point and at any time voluntarily, so yeah if executive executives choose to spend some of the money on uh, climate change or whatever um, yeah i don't I don't think that is working against the interests of shareholders
1: oh, uh, okay i I think though that there's a difference here, which is that he's not saying that that in of itself is uh, against the will of shareholders it might be he's saying when it is against the will of the shareholders then that is a problem
0: i'm saying there's no such thing as acting against the will of shareholders
1: okay that doesn't make any sense to me take aside the the um social responsibility part clearly executives can act against the will of the shareholders Hmm. Okay. Customers are not shareholders. I'm right. We're talking about people that own a part of the company, and therefore have a say in what happens in the company.
0: Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I. That's definitely yeah the way I put it. Maybe is wrong. It is possible to work against the interests or the will of the shareholders. Like if you, you know flush the money down the toilet. That's definitely working against the will of the shareholders. Maybe my argument is more that there's no way for the executives to be anti-free market. Um, Which, you know, one of his arguments is that um, (laughs) this kind of socially responsible spending can be socialism. And that seems wrong to me, because the executives are always beholden to the shareholders because money is liquid and you can take it in, in and out of the company so you know if he chooses or if, if they choose to um the executives choose to spend the money on some ethical project um you know he may be going against the immediate will of uh, some some shareholders but I think that's the perfectly legitimate use of the free market for um, yeah, really the end is kind of irrelevant to whether it's a free market or not.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is interesting. I think that I didn't really get his connection to socialism exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is a bit reaching. Um, I think the the charitable interpretation is that he's talking about it in a very broad uh, or sorry not broad but like a very general idea rather than socialism as it is like implemented in practice it's well, more like the it's a uh, it's has the spirit of socialism or something like that
0: well i think he says that he means by socialism like using people's money in a way that they would not have wanted it to be used right so it's like a tax and that's the socialism aspect.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I don't think that is sufficient to call something socialism, but I think it's sufficient to say it has the spirit of socialism.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, that it yeah, it's not socialism, but yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned with making that argument against him. Sure, sure. I, I think it, his argument is also that it's you know, anti-free market. That's kind of his socialism argument. And okay. I'm, yeah, I'm arguing against that.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is uh, good to go into the details of this. So what does he mean by anti-free market? He's saying that uh, people are not getting to choose how to allocate their money. Instead, these executives are getting to choose how to allocate it instead. And your rebuttal is that actually they do get to choose because customers get to choose what to spend on and shareholders get to choose who to hire. Is that, is that right? Well,
0: I meant, uh, shareholders, wait,
1: I I wasn't talking about
0: customers, but shareholders, uh, get to choose what, what organizations to put their money in. So, you know, that, that makes it a free market.
1: But you were talking about customers also before, right? Like the customer can decide to give the company their money or not. Uh,
0: I I was just talking about, uh, shareholders.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Never mind then. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So I think that even in scenarios that meet that specification, you can have anti, uh, anti, what is it? Anti free market practices. For example, collusion. Right. What if all of the executives colluded together? Wouldn't that be considered to be anti free market? Yeah, and that still meets your description, right? You mean executives
0: within the same company?
1: Um. Uh, yeah, that, that's an example.
0: Oh, then that's not collusion. Wait, isn't... Collusion is like teaming up with other companies to like manipulate the price of something, something like that, right? So I, I don't see how you could collude within one organization.
1: Well, it would be something like uh, unionization, right? What? like a union of executives, something like that. But I think maybe it's more clear if we take the cross-company collusion example. Yeah, what if uh, the executives of multiple companies collude in order to maximize some social value over the shareholder value?
0: Uh, Oh, so that's not collusion. That's just like cooperating for (laughs) the social good. (laughs) Because collusion... You know that implies like breaking the law to min- to subvert you know free market market laws, but it, it, yeah, in that case, I think that's there's nothing uh, anti free market about that happening, and that does happen all the time, right? Like corporations uh, band together to support some charity or some you know ca- breast cancer awareness or whatever, and that's not free market. That's not anti-free market.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. But what if what if they band together in order to raise prices, in order to pay for their donations to charities?
0: Yeah, th- that's anti-free market, yeah.
1: So is the anti-free market part the raising prices? Because I think that just comes... Automatically, right? Like you can't just donate to charity for free. The money has to come from somewhere.
0: Uh yeah, but the money uh just comes from normal profits and you allocate it to charity instead.
1: Well, right, but the profits would be higher if uh they weren't donating charity. So it is a raise in prices.
0: Oh well the the kind of raising prices that is anti free market is, you know, when a bunch of companies who together have monopoly in some item, uh, you know, agree to all jack up the prices at the same time. That's anti-free market. But if you're just raising prices on goods without having a monopoly, then that's uh, perfectly within the free market. And all, all of these are independent of charity
1: oh yeah the charity part is it doesn't matter but that that's one example of why they could be raising prices
0: uh okay but yeah my point stands that um executives using the money of corporations to further socialize is perfectly in line with the free market
1: Uh uh-huh Okay, I agree, but I thought I was trying to clarify that that wasn't what Friedman was arguing. He's arguing that if the executives do that, uh, contrary to shareholder will, that's the important part. Like, if it was in the shareholder uh, will to do this, then that's fine, because that's following his argument about what the executives should be doing. But it would be that the executive decides to spend money on charity uh, when the shareholders explicitly tell them that they should not do that.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I agree that that's what he's saying. And I think, yeah, just violating or not following shareholder will is perfectly yeah. um, fine in the free market. Because hmm. the mechanism of the free market isn't, you know, you take a survey of, the shareholders and then you see what their will is and then you carry that out. The mechanism is people give money to an entity and then the entity spends it how they want to spend it and then people can decide to put in their money or take out their money. There, There isn't like this separate of oh, the, the shareholders want um, the company to use the money in this particular way. That's not uh, legitimate or That's not any more legitimate of a way to influence um, what a corporation does um, separate from just giving the corporation money.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, if the board of directors comes together and makes an explicit decision about something that needs to be done, right? it's not just up to an executive to say, oh, that doesn't matter. They have an explicit duty to the board of directors, right?
0: Board of... Directors, um, well, the board of directors, that's uh, interesting. They're kind of like a fusion of executives and shareholders. <laughs> but I, yeah. I mean, it's a, the same thing applies. You can just think of them as executives. Like if the board of directors decides to, yeah, further a social end. I don't think there's anything improper about that.
1: Uh oh okay yes but I think the the important part of that is that they are shareholders.
0: Oh okay. Um well sure they are shareholders but you know a board of directors has like what let's say this one has 10 people in it and there's thousands of shareholders. So you know whatever the, the decision they make there they're only a small part of the corporate of the overall shareholders,
1: but uh, if you're a public company and you have shares owned by thousands of people, then you do have a fiduciary duty to those people, right? Like you can't just tank the business whenever you want. You would actually have to uh, break some laws in order to do that. Uh,
0: wait, who has the fiduciary responsibility?
1: The public company has public shares on the market
0: uh, well, the company doesn't, but the, some people might
1: oh okay, yeah, you're right, so some officials in the company do,
0: but yeah i don't I don't even know how that yeah i, I don't know the laws surrounding that, but i don't I don't think they're important <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Be, they, there they are important important. <laughs>
0: No executive acts solely for the uh, profit of the shareholders. Like, every company has charitable causes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fine uh, in the context of a free market. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of the free market.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that... um... The thing that I'm seeing is there's sort of a weird slipperiness to what Friedman is arguing that I sort of just intuitively got but I am realizing that there are lots of caveats to it, which is like, so what is he fearing? He's fearing an executive that decides to do something with their power other than what the shareholders will. Well, if that ever happens, and obviously it happens all the time, especially on accident <laughs> or just due to incompetence, right? Is every instance of incompetence or accident uh, socialism? No. <laughs> it's, uh, I think that those are all going to have to be accounted for. And what he seems to be arguing about is there's this popular uh, movement of holding executives responsible for social good. Um, as opposed to their uh, responsibility to the business or to the shareholders in particular. So I I think it's a little bit more specific. And I, I think it, it's good that we were going through these examples because it's like kind of narrowing down what it could possibly apply to. Okay. Yeah. So...
0: I mean, he he is arguing. Yeah, I agree. He he is arguing against um, people who are trying to force ex- executives to, uh, for, you know, pursue social goals.
1: Yeah, I kind of imagine this like, uh, you know, how there are these oh, <laughs> there, well, there are these boycotts and stuff, right? Where people are like, ah, oh, yeah, they're they're I don't know abusing. People in this other country by hiring them as sweatshop workers or something like that. So we should um, hold them responsible for this. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah. And he's that's the kind of thing he thinks is socialism because it's political rather than based on like just purely increasing profit like a right. regular company. But yeah, I mean, again, I, I just disagree. I, I think like those political, I, I agree that, you know, there, those are basically political tactics where you try to pressure executives. But I think those tactics are just a part of the, the system, the free market system that we have. I, I think what makes something a free market is, uh, people have the ability to spend their money. How they want to spend it, and they can put in their money into an organization or take it out whenever they want to, and everything else is not relevant.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm. I think that his use of the term free market here is a bit too loose, because yeah, what he's trying to say is anti-free market. It, it, like what? It that it just doesn't have to do with what the specific definition of free market is which is that people get to choose where to spend their money. <laughs> None of this affects that at all.
0: Yeah, he, he sees free market as uh, corporations pursuing profit, and p- purely profit. And he sees yeah, that as what the free market, or he sees that as being essential to free markets.
1: Um, I think that's true, but I don't think he thinks that's like part of the definition of a free market. I think he's trying to argue that that in fact true about free markets. I think though that, um, in particular, he's imagining a scenario where, like, you're uh, a customer, or I'm just going to use a, a customer as an example, but it could be a shareholder as well. And it's like, okay, you pay for this product, you you buy this thing on Amazon, and then you know a week later, Amazon ships you something entirely different from what you purchased. And they said, oh, well, we shipped you this instead because we spent uh, half of the money on this other thing that has nothing to do with what you were buying. He's saying, like, that seems like anti-free market. I think that's the intuition he has.
0: Okay. I I mean, yeah, he doesn't talk about that kind of example. But if he did (laughs) argue for that, I mean, he's, that's not right. Yeah. Um, That's just a bad company.
1: Right, right. An unethical company. (laughs) Well, I mean, if they're, you know, donating to children in Africa or something, then they're hyper-ethical. Oh, well. Huh.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, then they're doing a lot of unethical things for a a different ethical
1: cause. (laughs) But on balance, they're ethical. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think, though, that right this It doesn't seem like an anti-free market sort of thing for that to happen. It just seems like bad business practice. And obviously, the person who bought their thing, which now got something different, they're not going to buy anything else from this company. They're going to go to some other company because we are in a free market, and that still operates just normally. But But I think that what he's worried about is not that particular businesses will do this, that they'll just be a random business that decides to sacrifice their ability to make money in order to do social good. He's worried about um, people and maybe even to some extent the government forcing businesses to have this responsibility.
0: Yeah, well, so I I think I basically align with Friedman maybe on Uh, maybe, yeah, it's maybe not a good thing many times when this happens, when, like, these basically political actors force or pressure executives to, um, work against the interests of the shareholders and support political causes. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's just kind of like a, it's, uh, yeah, maybe uh, an an unethical use of the free market, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think it says very much about the responsibility of corporations.
1: Hmm. Okay. So then, reviewing what we have developed as our understanding of freedom, here is that. He seems wrong-headed about uh, bringing this up as counter to the free market or counter to uh, the responsibility of business. That doesn't seem to be the main issue. It seems more that what he's saying is that this is a bad way to operate businesses and we shouldn't promote this. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I think I agree.
1: Yeah, I think we're probably much more close on that sense. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I probably, when I was first reading, so this uh, essay I've noticed is brought up a lot as a popular reference. It's It's uh, got basically the entire argument that you need to know in the title, right? <laughs> and I think that um, in the many various ways that I've seen it used, uh, based on reading it myself, it just is never used at all correctly. It's just like totally misinterpreted for anything. And I thought, and that was one of the main inspirations that I had for coming and actually reading it um, together. But yeah, I think that this is a really interesting distinction about what exactly his uh, arguments do apply to, and they don't seem to apply to, on the face of it, what he explicitly is arguing about, which is the responsibility of businesses and uh, free markets. <laughs> like none of that seems to be in jeopardy with the the things that he brings up. In particular, he's really just making an economics argument, which is similar to a lot of his other arguments, which is that if you try to do this, you're not going to have very good effects.
0: Yeah, and I wish he had made that argument. I think it's a much stronger argument. Yeah. Which is, like, actually the way to be socially responsible is to focus on profits
1: alone. Right, right. Yeah, Ah. Uh, I think I think you're totally right. <laughs> and I think that I just sort of am already so on that side that I read between the lines and got that argument out of it anyway, even though he didn't make that argument. But I think you're right that that would have been a much better way to write this argument. Or to write a better argument instead of this one.
0: Yeah, it, I, yeah this is kind of... It seems like a weird exception to his writings too, because in everything, like in Capitalism and Freedom and his other popularizing work, he does talk a lot about, uh, like you know, free markets ultimately being a good thing for everyone. Um, yeah, and a free market in- involves, um, uh in-, in those arguments, it involves uh, increasing profit and focusing on. Increasing profit, mhm, right, right, yeah, huh it is kind of I think I just caught myself doing it there, but there is kind of a conflation or a confusion in the idea of free market because usually when you talk about a free market, you do assume that companies are maximizing profit that's that's kind of the mm-hmm. assumption. That it's not just a bunch of charities. But, <laughs> well, but at the same time, I feel like if you're precise about what a free market is, then you're talking about mechanisms. And the mechanisms uh, have to allow for, or do allow for, um, <laughs> goals other than just purely maximizing profit.
1: Huh. Yeah, it is interesting that you bring that up. There certainly is that association. It's impossible to deny. And it probably is in common discourse used interchangeably, like profit maximization and free markets. But it's more that a result of free markets is that it's best to maximize your profits rather than a part of free markets is that businesses maximize their profits. Would that be fair to say, you think?
0: Yeah, I completely agree because yeah so yeah, the natural result of free market mechanisms is you know lots of entities that maximize profit Mm -hmm. I mean which is just for very you know clear uh, kind of mechanical reasons of course because you know if if there's a company and they're, they're not maximizing profit then they just Go lower and lower in value until they die,
1: right? Yeah, and they're then all if, around for long.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then if you, if you have thousands of companies and they're all doing it, then I, I mean clearly ruthlessly, the ones with you know even a little bit of a disadvantage relative to other companies, I mean people are going to take their money out very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, of I mean, yeah, almost. Yeah, it's like a maximum, maximum that. Uh, only profitable companies are going to survive, and to be a profitable company, is, you probably need to, you know, aim at profit.
1: Yeah, and there are some theorems in basic economics that show that you know, with certain assumptions about how the economy works, you can show that this is inevitably the result. Yeah, so maybe
0: Friedman didn't even. Need to argue against this kind of practice of pressuring executives because, you know, under his understanding of markets, that's not a viable long term strategy, anyways. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he doesn't need to argue against that because <laughs> it's just is never going to happen successfully.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean. It could happen within a corporation, but then (laughs) if they do it a lot, they're just gonna be overtaken by a company that doesn't care about that stuff. Like, yeah, clearly,
1: yeah, yeah. Were were you gonna say something after that?
0: No, that that's all. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think that um, maybe the way I sort of am relating my intuition of like, how did I get this argument that we've sort of landed on at the end that is like basically, you know, standard Freeman uh, from what he was writing, which is so oddly in different terms, which is about this like social responsibility and what makes or breaks the free market, all this. Well, I think it's like, um, so if you expect that the result of a free market is profit maximization, right? Then when you see people not maximizing profits and that being a successful strategy, then that should be concerning, right? It's like, well, wait a second. If people are successful by not maximizing profits, then maybe we don't have a free market.
0: Oh, what do you, What was that?
1: So if it's a principle that he's discovered, or, you know, it's a principle of economics that uh, if you have a free market, that'll lead to profit maximization being the best strategy. That's, that's the start. Then if he starts to notice that people are being successful by not maximizing their profits, then that would raise the question, are we really in a free market, if that's happening? Oh,
0: that's, that's, that's such a strange way to reason, though.
1: <laughs> well, if,
0: if, if you know what a free market is.
1: Well, it's like, uh, if you have, if A, then B, and not B, then you know that not A. It's like, uh, what is that called? Modus tollens
0: okay, uh
1: but I mean, he's able to just look at
0: you know the economic situation <laughs> and just tell you but but yeah, I mean that, that's not a basically I don't yeah maybe um, it does kind of imply if those strategies are being used that there is. A lack of competition, which is different from being a free market or not, but lots of free markets have no competition. But it it does imply a lack of competition, because you need surplus profits in order to reallocate money to other
1: causes. Yeah, it's a sign of inefficiency.
0: Uh, Not necessarily. Well, the company could be efficient, I think, but they just if they don't have close competitors um, like, you know, Google is a very efficient company, but they have a lot of surplus profits.
1: Well, but I, what do you mean by surplus? <laughs> uh, All profit is surplus.
0: I mean that they could spend money on uh, you no know, random causes, and still be a viable company. So I guess I mean that the margins are large.
1: Okay, yeah, but that's not necessarily surplus. Surplus is like more than necessary. Wait, uh, okay,
0: I'll I'll say margins, but okay. I, I don't know the difference.
1: <laughs> well, surplus would be that they're earning more than they should. Its' well, it's isn't it earning more than you spend? well, that's just profits right revenues minus costs
0: yeah uh why aren't isn't surplus profit
1: i guess i i inferred from what you were saying by surplus profits is like something different from profit um well, yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have strong okay, yeah, ideas <laughs> about
0: terms, but I mean, if but the idea it, it implies high margins.
1: What I was thinking of is like, if you have a monopolistic situation, then the monopolist can charge a higher price for their product than the market price, and therefore, there's a an efficiency inefficiency there. They're earning a surplus profit more than they should.
0: Uh is that called an inefficiency?
1: Yeah, because money isn't being allocated in the way that maximizes everyone's uh, profits. Um,
0: I, I guess so. If you just if the extra money to the company just like disappears, but it could be inefficient. Um, system if the company uses
1: it well. <laughs> okay, you're right. It's not necessarily inefficient, but just by you know standard analysis, it would be considered inefficient.
0: And yeah, and like any money you use on charity, uh, could be uh, inefficient.
1: Could cause ine- inefficiencies. Well, I think that is part of his argument. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Unless it's it's maximizing shareholder value. Yeah. Or whatever the shareholders want. Yeah, I think that's
0: another interesting part of this. It's like people uh, could, you know, um, or executives could use corporate money to further social ends and their goal could be to genuinely help people. But it could also, you know, be the best thing for the long-term financial health of the company, and, and in lots of cases, that seems to be the case. You know, the corporate image of a company matters, and maybe it helps recruit talented people if you're seen as a company that uh, is good for the world, and you know, you, you get the go- the government hates you less. You get less. Uh, <laughs> crazy regulations, you know, for uh, for lots of reasons, you know, probably the goals of executives, like to maybe to make the world a better place through charity, um, maybe that kind of goal isn't well aligned with what actually happens based on their actions. Uh. Which would imply for me that maybe Friedman is Wrong to criticize so much of this kind of corporate activism. Um, because corporate activism could, even if the people involved think they're damaging or taking away from profits, it could ultimately help profits. That's kind of like an independent issue.
1: I think he does. So, all right. Yeah. So I think that we've parsed out how uh, the different parts of this uh, essay into two things, which was once one was mostly about this responsibilities, and that seems like we're we're not really very bullish on that. But in response to uh, the efficient allocation of resources and pe- who makes decisions, I think he does have a lot to say on this. And I think this is probably the most interesting part, but also probably not the, like the, the least new to us. <laughs> so he has this paragraph here. On the grounds of consequences... Can the corporate executive, in fact, discharge his alleged social responsibilities? On the one hand, suppose he could get away with spending the stockholders' or customers' or employees' money. Or employers' money. How is he to know to spend it? He is told that he must contribute to fighting inflation. He is, uh, how is he to know what action will contribute to that end? He is presumably an expert in running his company, in producing a product, or selling it, or financing it. But nothing about his selection makes him an expert on inflation. With his holding down the price of his product, will the holding down of the price of his product reduce inflammatory pressure? Or, by leaving more spending power in the hands of his customers, simply divert it elsewhere? Or, by forcing him to produce less because of the, price, uh, the lower price, will it simply contribute to shortages? Even if he could answer these questions, how much cost is he justified in imposing on his stockholders, customers, or employers for this social purpose? What is the appropriate share, and what is the appropriate share of others? So basically, the idea is like, how are these executives that are executives in running the business to know how to spend the money in a good way on things that are completely unrelated to their business? And I think that's sort of in response to what you're saying is like, well, the social goods like, you know, charity and stuff like that. Well, maybe uh, the business executives aren't going to make the best decisions about that. That's why they shouldn't make those decisions.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this whole discussion here is weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll be bad at furthering social lens and, and they'll, maybe they'll be good at it, but I mean, in either case, there's they're subject to market pressures and people can, you know, choose to give money to that cause or not. Yes. So I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to criticize companies for trying to do that kind of thing. Um,
1: yeah. I think it makes sense. <laughs> because I think that uh, they are not going to know how to spend that money very well and it'd be much better if other people focused on spending that money. Okay. So I guess
0: it would it make it would make sense to me to criticize that kind of spending and then say, you know, therefore people should get put less money into this company maybe. But I don't I don't know. I think this just seems like kind of a separate issue as well, like now he's It sounds like criticizing them for not furthering social objectives enough, right? For being Mm. bad at furthering social objectives.
1: He's criticizing them if they try to further social objectives while being bad at it. Yeah.
0: I don't, that kind of just, I don't know. That that seems fine to me if they're bad at it. Um, Maybe they're good at it. It's just kind of depends on the situation. And yeah, I I don't think it's like totally different from donating to a charity. Um both cases, you know, people are voluntarily choosing where to put their money.
1: Uh well, I don't think he's saying that it's like morally wrong, but I think he's saying that this is not the best way to go about doing social good.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. I think, yeah, I don't find that convincing.
1: There's the whole like uh, effective altruist uh, approach to this, right? Which is saying that most people uh, allocate their money to charities very badly and don't do the most good with their money. And I think that that's broadly true. I think that most donations to charity are very ineffective. Uh, with regards to like you know a more global sense of the effectiveness. Obviously, you might donate to specific things that you care about, and that's a different matter. But in terms of people just like, oh, I have some money, I want to donate. Well, you yourself are probably going to make a bad decision about how to donate that money, wouldn't you say?
0: Almost always, yeah.
1: So, right, you want to have these experts that decide, based on lots of experience and lots of uh, research, how the best way to spend that money is. And I think that it doesn't really make sense to say that an executive in a business is going to know how to do that. So I'd be very, and I think that Friedman is basically saying you should be skeptical when a business says, oh, we're donating to the charity because uh, whatever reason. They're not experts in donating to good charities, so <laughs> there's no reason to trust uh, their reasons about this very much.
0: I don't know. To me, it seems like corporations are probably much more efficient at spending charitable dollars than Uh, most charitable organizations, like most charitable organizations are very, or donations are very local in America. Like you give money to your neighborhood school or whatever organization. And yeah, compared to that, I think if a corporation's like combating climate change or, I don't know, helping make a school in the developing world or something like that uh, I mean my feeling is that corporations might be more efficient at spending their charitable money but I don't know this all I'm I'm not I don't know this, this just seems kind of besides the point to me this whole discussion really? um, that, huh. that Friedman seems, started
1: seems very central to me
0: It's like he's like within the political, within the free market, criticizing how another corporation uh, decides to use their money that they well within the free market system. mm -hmm. But I I think the idea of a free market is that those criticisms are kind of irrelevant. Like the criticism, the kind of criticism that matters is like taking your money in and taking your money out.
1: yes yeah i guess that's uh it's good to contextualize the way that his argument is intended to work because right it this is not going to have an economic impact on how people spend their money i don't think he expects that and he's not personally like i took ten thousand dollars out of this company because they ended up doing this instead of this that sort of already operates in the free market already. He doesn't need to argue about that, and he doesn't need to enforce any of that. But I think that what he's trying to argue about is to convince people of the best way for organizations to work uh, in or in the free market. Not that um, like there's a ethical problem with businesses doing things that are different. It's just that they won't be successful businesses. And you shouldn't expect them to be successful. You shouldn't hold them to that uh standard.
0: And he's also saying that um it, it, yeah if you if um you want to allocate money to charity, the best way isn't to do that through a corporation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he says that basically the government is the best way to do that. To allocate uh, charity.
0: Uh, well, he. I think. I think he thinks government is a better way, and then he thinks individuals giving money to individual causes is also a better way than oh, really? corporations. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I I would think that, but okay.
0: Yeah, it's a part. It's a part of his argument because he talked because he talks about. Where he differs with corporations is that they're spending people's money in a way where they would not have spent. Um, So, yeah, he wants people to uh, be able to pick their individual charitable causes instead of having that be decided by a corporation.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah I kind of get this because and this is sort of a qualm I've had about effective altruism as well which is like uh one of the premises it seems of effective altruism is that your goal is to do like the most utility for your dollar and that can be your goal but it could also be your goal to give to a cause that you personally care about like maybe you know you have a family member that suffers from some disease and you're like, I want to support them by donating to this charity. And then they, you know, they appreciate that or something like that. And that's a totally different thing from maximizing um, utility in some way. So I think that though, the business is like most examples of business, like, you know, setting up a school in Africa, like there's no direct connection between the customers and that school in Africa. It's just like a totally irrelevant side project. That is being done purely because uh people you know feel good about it or something rather than having a personal connection to that so it really should just be about uh, utility maximization for those sorts of projects, and I don't think that the business is going to be the best at utility maximizing their charity when it comes to those things.
0: Wait, but if they so if an individual is likely to give money to you know their dying family member and a corporation is likely to make a school in Africa, the corporation is you know hundreds of times more uh effective at giving their money to charity
1: oh yeah, yeah,
0: I agree, so corporations are uh are uh efficient um givers of charity
1: but there what I was trying to express is that there are two different standards one standard is the uh, standard of trying to like you know connect with people personally like it's not about utility maximization it's about uh, interpersonal connections and that's where you're donating to your dying family member that's not about utility maximization I don't think it, it is about utility maximization And I think that's a confusion that uh effective altruists make. But when it comes to building a school in Africa, then it is about utility maximization because you're not building the school because like, you know, your family member is in this village or something. I mean, maybe that is the case, but I don't think that is the case in a difficult <laughs> example. <laughs> so in that case, I think that you have to have a different standard, which is utility maximization. And the company is not is gonna do better than a, like an individual random person would. But not better than uh experts on like building uh things in Africa to benefit the population
0: okay yeah, yeah, i don't, I don't think there's anything effective Altruists get wrong about this, just the basic idea of it. I think the idea is to know how how your money is being spent and how effective it is at Uh, saving human lives so effective altruists are i mean they're not legally you know opposed to people giving money to people that are close to them (laughs) but they support the idea and i support the idea that you should be aware of what your money is doing and what the alternatives are so if you're giving money to
1: um a dying relative
0: let's say it takes fifty thousand dollars to extend their life by a month then you should when you are giving that money you should also be aware that there is an alternative where you you can extend or maybe you can you know fix a potentially disabling uh malady in a child for you know five hundred dollars or whatever. So I I mean in both cases um the effectiveness the effectiveness of the money is a metric that exists and that you should look at but uh yeah I, and then within that people can choose to donate to the less uh effective um option
1: uh okay i I agree that that's part of it, but I think the effect of ultras also goes further and says that you shouldn't donate to your dying relative instead, you should donate to the whatever uh thing you're proposing to maximize more people's lifespans um... like of course, you should be aware of your options I mean that's kind of just a pretty standard a non-controversial claim.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know. If an, if someone argued that that would be pretty extreme. I don't I don't yeah, I I doubt that that's something many people agree with.
1: Um, I think that the idea yeah. of effective altruism is that you're trying to maximize the effectiveness of your money. So you should do this, and then they give you, you know, whatever. Effective altruists talk about, but I don't think that the point of charity is always to maximize effectiveness.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, m- maybe it's not important to t- talk about what effective altruism, <laughs> what the, I, yeah, what the actual people in, in it um, believe. But what what I take away from it, and I think you know what their actual contributions are, is they, uh make metrics of how effective uh, various charities and various ways to give money are, and then they leave it up to you to decide how to spend the money. And th- that in itself, I think, doesn't imply that you should spend your money always where it's most effective. I, I think it implies that, you know, this is one aspect of... um charitable giving that you should look at and you can weigh that against every every other kind of aspect
1: uh okay, yeah, and I guess that when you say effective it's like effective at what so maybe you have like i wanna uh I wanna do as much as I can to solve some disease and then it's like okay we research the charities that are doing the best thing to do that I can, okay I can see that being part of effective altruism what's the best way to support my dying relative oh, as well to donate to this uh, hospital here so that they can do this thing? <laughs> so, maybe that falls within effective altruism as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and charities are so inefficient that you know, a lot of it is just like <laughs> seeing yeah. you know which charity doesn't have 95% of their costs taken by administrative costs.
1: it's kind of insane how common that is.
0: <laughs> which is why you know, corporations... <laughs> uh Might be effective givers.
1: What? Wait. I, thought, I didn't see the connection. I, I think the ninety-five. I think corporations are probably less efficient than than those no, charities. corporations
0: are way more efficient as organizations, right? Because they have a profit incentive for the you know almost everything they do. So they have yep. competent
1: people. Uh, yes, but competent at running a profit-seeking business, not competent at choosing charities.
0: No, competent at managing money and not wasting
1: it. I don't know. I think that companies have a much larger incentive to uh, choose charities that are going to appeal to their brand and get more people to buy their thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's usually the main (laughs) (laughs) driver of what charities decide to... But I think the way they spend the money is probably pretty efficient.
0: Because, I mean, even the administrative costs, like, I think it barely adds much because they, they get to use the the structure that's already
1: there. Well, they're not... They they just choose which charity to donate to. They don't do anything beyond that.
0: Oh, wait, they do, though. Well, that's a huge part of corporate charity.
1: Uh, Well, I guess that depends on which corporate charity we're talking about.
0: Uh, all corporate charity.
1: <laughs> if it's like some big partnership between like a huge firm and some large charity organization, then yeah, sure they're going to work together. But if it's just like you know, uh, some business decides, oh yeah, we're we're going to donate uh you know a thousand dollars to this charity if we get twenty cakes sold this week or something like that.
0: Oh, I yeah, I don't think that's a very substantial part of uh, <laughs> charitable giving.
1: Or like, I don't know, uh, PewDiePie does a fundraiser for a charity oh, <laughs> for some okay. reason. Okay,
0: well, I mean, that's that's not even a corporation.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> well, it's like you know, law firms do pro bono work in local communities um, to help like mm. poor people or inmates defend themselves or like uh like kaplan and some of the textbook companies uh have set up schools in like india um
1: yeah okay okay yeah i see what you're saying there i am much more sympathetic to that sort of thing where the company is directly involved i guess that my my original conception was just like you know Whenever a, a company decides, oh, yeah, we're just going to like pay money to this other charity organization because they support the cause that our customers are interested in.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I like that or not, but I don't think that's common. Oh, huh, OK. Yeah, I
1: assumed it was pretty common, but maybe it isn't. I'm not sure.
0: Because, yeah, that feels And that's not what, um, that's definitely not what Fionn is talking about. Okay, well, here's a great example is climate change, um, where you reduce your carbon output and stuff like that, and you sacrifice some money while doing that. Uh, You know, charitable cause, but it's not like a cash donation to an organization.
1: How is that uh, a good example?
0: It's a good example of charitable spending that isn't giving cash to an organization. It's doing something as a company.
1: Do you think it's effective? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the company has a good idea of how effective that is in stopping global warming? Uh. Like within I'm, ten order of magnitude. I I don't know. I
0: think uh, it's somewhat effective. It depends on the case, but there's like yeah, there's like little, very little, minor tweaks. I think that companies can make that are pretty effective.
1: Yes, but we're not just weighing, uh the one thing that they did do. It's the one thing they did do compared to all the other ways they could have spent that money. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I think uh, it is a pretty reasonable way to reduce or to combat climate change is to make sure your company isn't uh, excessively polluting
1: uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'd agree that excessive pollution is never going to be good, but I don't think that like, you know, some companies saying, ah, oh, we cut our uh carbon emissions by ten percent says almost anything at all about their effectiveness in combating climate change.
0: Well, it depends on how much they spent to reduce how much carbon emissions that's right. their effectiveness
1: yeah yeah, so if they like actively took measures to reduce their carbon emissions, this is like a super abstract example, but my only point is that I think that they have very little uh, in the way of expertise about judging how effective that is, and I mean why would I expect them to unless it's like a climate change oriented company, then there's no reason to expect that they have a good sense of this.
0: I mean, I, I think I agree, but I think relative to charities, I I don't know that charities do any better.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, I guess that if the alternative is donating to climate change charities, then yeah, it's better than that. <laughs> I don't even know what those charities do. <laughs> they do rain dances.
0: Yeah, i, I Yeah, I, and of course, like the most effective charities probably do better. But if you're talking about a person who can give money to a corporation or to a charity yeah I don't know if, if a corporation's much worse
1: okay yeah that I, I say that's fair I say that's more of a condemnation of charities though than a promotion of corporations
0: yeah it's like well <laughs> maybe I mean maybe we're just saying that charities and corporations are kind of the same I mean there's good ones and bad ones Yeah, yeah. I would agree
1: with that. I I think, though, that what I'm sympathetic to is that um, there is a much more efficient way of having uh, charity work done, which is to have organizations that are explicitly dedicated to doing charity work.
0: I don't think that's more... I don't know if that's more efficient. Because because I think if you can incorporate... Um, charity as part of the company, like, instead of just, you know, giving cash, I think corporations can do a lot that charities can't do. I mean, one part of that is corporations can actually make it sustainable and, you know, somewhat help their profits, which lets them donate more. It's like Tesla or GM probably do more for combating climate change than any charity by a lot, right? Oh yeah. Not Nach- or- and Tesla and like what was it, BMW. Uh and that's they're able to do that because they're corporations. Um
1: yeah. And also they're getting subsidies from the government.
0: Well yeah, you can separate the subsidy part and yeah, separate the constitution of the subsidy, but I- I'd say the even if you took out all the subsidies they do more to combat climate change than any uh climate change charity and it wouldn't even be close
1: i agree with that for sure by a long shot but i think that the best place to do this sort of thing is at the governmental level honestly like government deciding what price uh carbon tax at i think that's going to be a way more efficient and uh like Effective process than the companies all acting individually with all these other motivations that are totally unrelated to climate change.
0: I, I don't think it's it's not really an either or because the corporations and governments just do different things. Like the government couldn't do what Tesla's doing, and Tesla can't do what the government's doing. So, so I, I think Tesla is a great way to combat climate change.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> I agree, but I also don't think that Tesla is sacrificing profits in order to combat climate change. Yeah,
0: um, which is even a better way to uh, c- combat climate change, because you have to put more <laughs> money towards it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, for sure. If you can, uh, uh, that's not really charitable then, because then you're just maximizing profits and happening to do something that's of social value.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think it's kind of murky. I mean, but that, uh, yeah, that was what I was saying. Because Te- Tesla definitely, you know, as an explicit part of their mission, there is a charitable, it, it is like a charitable organization, basically. Like, you know, they want, what was it? I mean, their goal is to reduce uh dependence on uh oil, right? Some, something like that. But... <laughs> But, you know, the way <laughs> the way their company works, that's also good for profitability. So, yeah, I, I don't think you can separate out the charitable and profitable part very well. I mean, that's that was part of what I was saying about Friedman. Like I was saying, even if the executives are intending to act in a charitable way, it could be that the way they're acting is ultimately also good for profitability, whereas Friedman is kind of arguing that um, corporations shouldn't act charitably.
1: Um, uh, well, okay, I like where this is going, but I also think that it doesn't relate in that way to what Friedman is saying, because I think that Friedman, Friedman is fine with companies acting charitably. He's just has a problem with it when it goes against uh, the profit motive and maximizing shareholder uh, value that's the but, only thing he has uh, a problem with he has nothing to say about charity being good or bad he's just saying when it conflicts with uh, shareholders it's bad but
0: that's where I'm disagreeing like I don't think it's clear when it does go against um, shareholder interests and I, I think when he says that it goes against shareholder interests it could it could be the case that it's not going against shareholder interests.
1: Uh, okay. Give me an example where he says that. Because I think that he... Uh, wait, that's... He, wait, ex- that, okay, go ahead. I think that he is uh, caveating everything in that condition, that it is going against shareholder interests.
0: No, no well, okay. Okay. We're not, I don't think we're arguing about what he said. I I think he said that as well. But but I'm saying, uh, when corporations, uh, do act against shareholder interests, you know, explicitly, I think in the long run, it could be the case that that's not the final outcome. So I'm not talking about the motivations of executives. I'm talking about, you know, what actually happens in the market.
1: Right, right. Okay. Okay. So then you would say that there are situations where Friedman would identify it as a problematic allocation of resources towards charitable things, whereas actually in the outcome it turns out to have good profit uh, returns as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think just yeah, the intentions of the executives um, to be charitable or not charitable is just independent of whether it actually is going to be charitable or profit mac- maximizing or not.
1: Uh well I mean I don't think that it's entirely unrelated I think that if the if the executives are focused on shareholder max uh, profit maximization they'll be better at it usually
0: yeah that that's where I disagree I think I think well maybe usually I don't I don't know
1: but <laughs> well of course there can be exceptions but I uh, okay then we should specify exactly what sort of skills we're talking about. Are you talking about, like, every company should start moving in this direction tomorrow or in order to maximize profit? Or are you saying, like, there are some circumstances in which these companies can be more profitable by being more charitable in the short term?
0: Uh, there's some cases. Yeah, not, not that in every case, of course.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I guess then, to me, that just seems like a problem like that uh, Friedman is happy with. He's like, oh, yeah, Okay. Here's a better, or sorry, here's a here's a opportunity for companies to make more money.
0: But he, he argues
1: he, he sees it as unrelated to the charity problem.
0: But he argues against companies like explicitly being uh, supporting charity.
1: Well, I don't think he categorically argues against it. I think he's saying that it's a bad strategy. But I don't think that. He would be able to say that every single time you do this, it's going to turn out badly. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He says, but it's I think a he, bad def- strategy. he definitely underrates it. I think. Uh. And what you're saying, I think, highlights that.
0: Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. I think I agree that he says it's a bad tr- strategy to, um, be charitable, and yeah.
1: And I think that primarily what he's addressing is people arguing that companies should be more charitable, right? And I think that their argument that companies should be more charitable is categorical. It's like every company should be more charitable. And he's saying like, well, actually, that's not a good strategy. Um, And then sort of in the midst there, it's like, well, sometimes it could turn out to be a good strategy, but categorically uh, it isn't.
0: Yeah, I I think,
1: yeah, I almost don't
0: relate to entire just discussion <laughs> it's just like yes sometimes uh being charitable is bad for profits sometimes it's good uh, and, but that's not <laughs> a very interesting to say
1: i think though that maybe something we can converge on is that charities are bad as a way of organizing doing socially good things um just in practice, they seem to turn out badly. And then in theory, it's like, well, they don't have the the sort of incentive structure that a company has. So, of course, you would expect them to be less efficient. So, maybe uh, in order to do things that are considered charity, it would be better to have companies that are more they are motivated by charitable uh, ideas. But in reality, they actually are profit-maximizing.
0: Yeah, okay. I feel like... Uh, I feel like you came around to my side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably did. At least in some way that I can, like, you know, cram into my previous view <laughs> to make it work anyway. <laughs> but
0: yeah, that's, I, that seems, yeah, I like that, that way of putting it.
1: And it kind of like Tesla, it's good that you brought this up. It is the perfect example because it's like people are trying to make electric vehicles forever, right? And they're like, oh, man, everyone needs to go electric so we can save the planet. And then Tesla comes along. It's like, we're going to make a ton of money (laughs) and solve this problem that everyone has had trouble with. (laughs) And that was the problem is that people uh, were trying to solve this problem without making money. So that's what you need to do is you need to make some money.
0: Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. And then now like not only
1: are they having a huge impact like
0: you know uh indirectly they they're forcing like every other car manufacturer in the world uh major manufacturer in the world to do the same thing
1: right yeah not by like ethical guilt tripping it's by <laughs> competition <laughs> yeah well
0: yeah ethical guilt tripping is a part of it too but <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah. uh, it might seem like it, but I, I think in the next, you know, couple of years it's gonna be a competition thing primarily. But I,
0: I, I don't yeah, I think but you know, they introduce, you know, the idea that you can create, you know, electric vehicles that are good and all that, and then like consumers and people I think around the world pressure other companies also. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, but yeah, maybe the best way to think about it is through just profits because people being pressured to drive electric cars is uh, maybe the most important thing that pushes electric car development. It's not like, it's not like social pressure Yeah. on the company. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right, right, yeah. I suppose that that works to some extent, but I think that Friedman, and I would agree, would argue that it just doesn't work well enough. Because customers want uh, the best products for the lowest prices. That's what they care about the most.
0: <laughs> oh, but uh, I think this, this is kind of a counter example. Um... Really, Maybe. I thought
1: it. I think it is an example because the reason the Tesla is successful is not because it's a worse product for more money that happens also by climate change. It's that it's a good product for less money.
0: It, but it's not. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you you own a Tesla and you have some problems.
0: It's not yet. I won't. <laughs> I don't need to own a Tesla to know it costs like. What forty thousand dollars for a two hundred mile range, and I could buy a gas car for five thousand dollars, and it would be usable. I, I mean, a lot of the reason Tesla's makes um uh, sells cars is is because of this charitable aspect to it, because Tesla is you know have has this goal to to save the world, and people want to be a part of that charitable cause.
1: So, uh this five thousand car dollar car that you have instead of a Tesla, does it have uh, autopilot? No, no. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's kind of a it's a missing feature.
0: Look, if um if people did not care about climate change or saving the world or being cool by being seen <laughs> as saving the world. Tesla is Tesla's just, I mean, they would never have gone anywhere in the first place and they would not be selling many cars right now. It, financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense to buy a Tesla right now. Except for maybe, you know, a few very wealthy people who just, you know, are obsessed with autopilot for some reason. This <laughs> marginal improvement to their lives.
1: <laughs> well, though I I don't see okay. I I think I do see your problem or not problem, but the the contention that you're raising. But I would say that that is unrelated because people are not doing this as a charitable thing they they are getting value out of it they're not sacrificing money just because they think you know i owe it to the the world to do this they're like i you know feel good and have good experience because of owning this car
0: wait but that's a huge part of owning a tesla i mean every uh, everywhere you read about teslas it's people saying you know I, I love this car and i i get to not pollute and you know help save the planet. I mean, that's that's a huge part of Tesla's branding and and of why people buy the cars. At this point, like I I think like, you know, 10 years in the future, it may be that um well, most of the people buying Teslas uh, are buying, you know, the best possible car they can get for their money, but right now that's I don't think that's true of many Tesla owners. Hmm.
1: Okay, I can admit that to some extent. I think that's probably mostly true.
0: Like, even the crappiest Tesla is $40,000. <laughs> you can get a pretty good car for $40,000. Like, you know, with much better build quality and stuff like that, Um, if you're willing to drive a gas car. But, you know, you lose probably, you know, if you're making hundred thousand dollars a year, the social benefit of of uh, being seen as contributing uh, to the fight against climate change, you could price that at like five thousand dollars. You know, you so it makes the Tesla uh, um, something that people put money into.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. I get that to some extent, but. I don't. I guess I see it more like, uh, there's some clothes that you want to buy because you want to look cool. Well, some of the value of that clothing is in the looking cool, right? But that doesn't mean that you're like you know sacrificing money in order to get something that's overpriced. It is priced correctly to you because you do value looking cool. Yeah. So I think of the Tesla is being similar. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not getting a worse product. It it is worth that to you because you value, you know, whatever social uh situation it comes with.
0: I agree. Yeah, you're not getting a worse product, but you are getting a worse car.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like, admit that you yeah. can get a better performing car for the price. That's true. But I don't think you can get all the same things that a Tesla offers you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and if you're someone who like values a quiet car just more than anything else by far, then a Tesla is, you know <laughs> your purchase.
1: Yeah, if you want your Tesla to be the as quiet as your MacBook Pro, then <laughs> Or sorry, your MacBook Air. <laughs> I think um yeah, I think I might be underrating the effect of this for charity as well though, which is like you know, people donate to charity and then they get a sticker or something and then they post it on so- social media and they're like, look, I donated to whatever. Like, part of the reason you donate is because you're expecting the social result as well. So yeah. It's part of that. So it's not, it's not a, I was trying to say that as a distinguishing factor about Tesla, but it seems to also apply to charity giving in general. The perfect charity giving that would not apply to this is just you do it in private and never tell anyone. Yeah, that's like the ultimate sacrifice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that doesn't. Um, so much of charity is so public. Like you know, all these billionaires giving money. <laughs> you read about it, mm-hmm. like you'll you, you read about it in the news. I, I'm I'm sure you know that happens anonymously too, but so much of it is in the news.
1: Or mm-hmm.
0: it's like you get a building named after you. At a
1: university. Oh yeah, I've never. It's like is that
0: charity or like in what way is that charity? (laughs) Like that's pretty cool to have a building named after you (laughs) at a four hundred dollar four hundred year institution.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always thought that's kind of funny. Like you just get a building named after you. It's like in your honor for having lots of money. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and giving the money.
1: Yeah. Oh yes, and and giving it to us, that was the important part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how it works though. That's uh Oh, that's the business.
0: An interesting example is uh the I think they're called Toms, you know, the shoes. Um, you know about no. that. They're shoes, yeah. okay? I think they're called Toms. I think we talked about this. Uh they, like they give one pair of shoes to Um, I think somewhere in Africa, for every pair that you buy, yes, yes, I
1: remember. And
0: yeah, so the shoes are, you know, pieces of crap. Like they're pretty much worthless, but they're they cost like fifty dollars, you know.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: So that's like to do the Tesla pressing scheme, where you know five thousand dollars is is the looking cool uh, cost. For Tom's or wh- whatever those shoes are called. It's like maybe right. thirty
1: A out of forty dollars. Cause on the side of the shoe it says like I saved a dying African child or something.
0: Basically, yeah, that's what the brand means.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I-, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is an aspect of charity. People expect a value even though it's supposed to be charity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, there's definitely um, yeah, genuine charitable feeling in that. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I suppose even if you if you donated to a charity and didn't tell anyone, you would still feel like you did something valuable. You would still get personal.
0: uh, Oh, well, that's even more genuine charity. But even if you get like the shoe back, I think there's still a genuine, uh, uh, charitable feeling there for most people. There's probably oh, you know, yeah. There's probably some sociopaths who do it purely uh, for the clout. But
1: yeah. oh yeah, I I agree. There's both. There's the sort of uh, social value expectation, and then there's the intrinsic value expectation, and they're both there. But it seems like the social value expectation is often. Uh, Emphasized pretty highly. <laughs> <laughs> in
0: our yeah, opinion. well, yeah, I guess, yeah, just the charity that gives shoes to people um, isn't making as much money as the shoe company, Tom's.
1: And also, it's not a very efficient way of providing shoes to people or doing charity in general. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: it's a lot more efficient if people give it money, but since, but people won't,
1: or you know, a lot of other things. (laughs) But I
0: mean, if you have the same amount of money and you can either give it all to uh, the developing world or (laughs) give one pair or like match each pair with a pair in America, then it is more efficient to just be a pure charity.
1: Uh, yeah, so I guess that that is where some complications come in. Like, you know, maybe being a shoe business on a as well is, uh, makes it more sustainable or something like this. Like, you can, uh, be more predictable in your, uh, stuff. And that's valuable to a charity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, th- yeah, that's different from my scenario. Oh. Yeah. My scenario is just you just have a chunk
1: of money to give. You mean as a company?
0: Just an organization has, let's say $10,000 to give. Then it's more efficient to just uh, give that company, give uh, uh, make shoes for poor people instead of make shoes for poor people and rich people. Oh, which is uh- what the shoe comp, what, what Tom's or whatever it does. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Which it, that's very inefficient if you think about it from that perspective.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. People, <laughs> they deserve worse worse shoes, obviously. <laughs> and doesn't make sense to give a pair to the rich person. Hmm. Yeah. That, that part of it is just to, you know, um, make money. Yeah, uh,
0: those shoes are so crappy too. Like,
1: <laughs> like uh, yeah. That's a real moral. Of the story, Tom's shoes are crap.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of matters like a, you know, a rich person can just buy a new pair, but if you're poor, I feel like it really matters. <laughs> the quality the quality of of shoes. Shoe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they should make a like a really high quality parachute and then a really low quality parachute that looks like, you know, destroyed and not- sandals or something and then they sell the rich people the destroyed sandals (laughs) and they give the high fidelity shoes to the poor people that's uh you know because rich people like destroyed looking clothing right
0: (laughs) yeah i I, would be fun to talk sometime about all these pseudo (laughs) pseudo uh charities not not I think not what we've been talking about we've been talking about real charities but <laughs> um, yeah I feel like there's it, it, it gets crazier when like there's an incentive to appear charitable but when they're, when it's not verified whether that's actually the case
1: Right, yeah. Then it can often become a front for just gathering fees.
0: Yeah, or just yeah, or just gathering clout, like posting a square on Facebook, like a black square, like maybe, or on Instagram, like maybe that's a genuine signal of being uh, for social justice or doing something for social justice, but maybe it's just purely a signal. with Why what do you it. have
1: against black squares? You have a problem with those?
0: Wait, do you not remember <laughs> the black kidding. square thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I personally, uh, I post black squares on uh, all my stuff. <laughs> we actually changed the Metanosis logo to a black square. <laughs> in support of uh uh what was it again
0: oh no ours is, ours is ours is the white square
1: <laughs> oh, it's the right. white square with black letters right oh yeah 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 i don't know what we're supporting I'm gonna have to ignore that
0: well it's uh it's the opposite of the black squares
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the trump victory square <laughs>
0: okay let's should we end the episode here sure yeah i
1: think i think we basically got to everything